everyone, thanks for tuning in for this week's Worthwhile Spotlight. Before we get started, I want to give a huge shout out to Visit Columbia for being a sponsor and making this episode come to life. If you want to check out anything that has to do with Columbia, whether it's a local artist, local business, or local events going on, check them out at visitcolumbiatn.com, and you won't be disappointed. But I'm going to give a thanks to my guest today, Charlie Thompson, for being on here. Uh, just give me a little rundown about what you do, bro. Like, give me a little story, background, and we'll dive into some more questions and kind of get into the journey. That sounds good. Well, I'm a YouTube content creator. I do guitar for a bunch of bands, and I'm a music producer from Nashville, Tennessee. Nice. That's what I do for a living. Nice, nice. Uh, I mean, we went to school together, so yep. you know, high school. My personal perspective, you know, we I don't feel like we were like ever like close, close. But my perspective of it, you always had a guitar in hand, or you were practicing music in some sort of way. When did that start for you? Was that oh, earlier earlier in the growing up stages, or was there a moment that you were just like, man, I like music, or how'd that unfold? Uh huh. I started when I was five. Five. Okay. Yep. Five years old. I played acoustic guitar. It was like the first one I ever got. Stupid guitar. I hated it. <laughs> it was literally the most. I, I can say because I fix guitars now, I'm like that was the worst guitar I've ever played in my really? life. Yep, I had high action, had problems that made my hands bleed, uh, but I played it until I was able to get a new one, and then I wind up getting one from my grandma, and then played it from there on. So I've been playing total for 23 years now. Oh wow, yep. nice. Because I just turned 26. So. Was uh, anyone in the family musical? Yep. Okay. I have literally musicians throughout my whole family. Okay. My grandma's a classical pianist. My Uncle was a cellist and a like a vocalist, and then my dad is a famous lead guitarist for a band. Nice. So, so it's kind of in the family roots with it. Yep. Was it ever a challenge to learn? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, because like I didn't start with lessons. I never did. I always soft. Like basically was like, hey, I'm gonna teach myself how to do this, and then I would watch YouTube videos, hey. and it worked. But I did learn bad technique, oh, and okay. I had to basically correct that with a teacher. Okay. Was yep. that what kind of technique? Was it? What do you think? Because I don't, I don't know how to play. I mean, I've, I've picked one up before. You know, I've learned a couple chords, but. I don't know much about technique wise. Basically thumb placement okay. and uh, how to not, well basically over the years I learned how to control my tension in my hands and how fast I want to play and then if I put too much pressure on it, it could actually cause like, you know, you can get your wrist up. Okay, it's like, is it carpal tunnel? Carpal stuff tunnel. Like that. Yeah, that yeah. I couldn't even think of it for a minute there. But the way that the thumb placement was, a lot of times when I was younger I played it with the thumb up here, like a way above my neck and it just created more strain on my fingers when I'm playing. Now I play extremely fast stuff as well as just more intense notes. And I play on a bigger scale length than most people now. So I had to learn proper technique to just control either my playing ability as well as control on the scales. Cause you don't want to be able to play like this cause you want your fingers to move separate. It wasn't able to move separate because my fingers were stressing out and my gotcha. pinky wasn't able to move as much. So yeah. Uh, my only experience with that is the Guitar Hero back, <laughs> in the, back in the day. Speaking of that, I just played rock band like constantly. Yeah, just for a constant week straight just oh, because nice. we were having fun on like at home and I was just like, oh man. It's we got fun rock to band. bring it back out. My uh, boy Benji, you know Benji? Yeah, I know uh, Benji. His uh, ex in the past, like when I was living with a couple roommates, like she had the whole set from all the different guitar oh, heroes, the different guitars and like there was a solid like two week time frame where we were just like getting it again because it was just like man this is like our childhood like playing all these songs yep so you're I know you're mainly genres metal or is it what would you classify your genre as uh, my main genre is prog I would say because I do a lot of metal yeah I mean that's so what define I'm... prog though because I don't think I've actually heard that okay yeah prog is like basically different type signatures different melodies of guitars and I'm gonna just put it out there it's extremely hard to play hmm. okay. it is not like the uh, I would say pop world or country world, things like that. That kind of stuff actually comes a little bit easier, in my opinion. Prog is complicated. It includes more stretches of your hands. It includes more finger playing ba abilities, basically. And the way that you pick is really, it, you have to strategic. be precise. Yeah, yeah strategical picking, basically. As well as adding your hand as a tapping and playing it like a piano, basically, on the guitar. That's what prog is, okay. basically. Did you uh, get into prog because of the challenge of like you wanted to challenge yourself, or you just like that aesthetic? I really liked the music. I don't know what it was because I've always liked classical music, and I think that's probably a big reason why I went into that. Because I'm technically a neo shred guitarist, but then I became more of a prog guitarist because I listened to bands that were like odd time signatures and just weird. Just makes you go my head just like that. I'm like, what the heck is this? Basically, not even the metal world. The metal world is kind of like. You know, it's heavy and you just push people around, but the prog world is kind of like, oh man, it just makes you want to like, just yeah, like basically move yeah, and yeah, just move, do things yeah. and just not really hit people, but like just jam it out. Yeah. Um, so that, that was basically the reason why I was like, man, this sounds cool. I'm just going to learn it. 
And then when I went into learning it, I was like, wow, this is opening up my musical experience to a different world. Like basically I was like, wow, I can do this with my hands now. Yeah. That's going to be a beneficial thing in just general. Kind of open the doors. Oh, yeah. Because like, oh, wow. like, there's a little bit difference between, you know, playing a solo and then being like, oh, wow, I'm playing a melodic, you know, scale to match whatever the singer's singing. So it's, it's completely different than just doing a shredding solo. Yeah. Nice. Nice. You're about to go on tour, right? Mm-hmm. It's a Thursday? Thursday, go on tour. Yep. So what's the band name you're touring with? And like, you just give some, plug that yep. in real quick. So, so I'm just yeah. doing some, so for this tour that I'm actually coming up right now, I'm rehearsing for two tours. I was rehearsing for my own tour, as well as the band that I'm going on tour with uh, this Thursday, which is called The Matriarchs. It's actually my buddy's band. I'm just kind of being there to help them with tech or do anything else that they kind of need on the tour. I'm also driving, okay. which is fun <laughs> too. Nice. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, but yeah, they're called Matriarchs. It's the person I do uh, YouTube with, is her. their name is Kay. Uh, they are they them, so I do get all that. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be cool. We're going around for about two, for about four. They said 14, 19 days, something like that. So we're just we're just getting everything planned out right now. And this, this is point. the first tour since COVID timeframe. For or me, you... no. Okay. Uh, during co- basically like last year, I went on tour with a bunch of country bands and just either did tech or I did playing uh, like a thousand horses, and then I went out with Tim McGraw and a couple other people. So yeah, it, this is not my first tour back, but this is my first metal tour back basically yeah you excited oh yeah 100 it's always a cool thing going around the world and basically meeting different people at every single state and now that i've done youtube with k and the people know who i am now as well it's going to be completely different because now they're going to be noticing us together did you uh during the COVID time frames and like being quarantined and stuff is that when you really focused on doing more social media stuff and trying to be present there or were you always kind of active with social media i tried to always be active with social media as much as possible because like i know that was like a job thing you have to do in the music world you have to be present on social media to even make money basically um as well as you know spotify and everything just learning the trade of hey how do i get views yeah how do i make money on this and what money do I have to put out to make it back, basically? It takes money to make money. Oh, yeah. And it takes a lot of money. Like, everybody's like, oh, you pay like $600 for just a single to come out through a producer. Times that by, uh, what do they say, four or five. So times 600 by five, that's what you're paying out to get in the in the end. Yep. Yeah. yeah. To get all the marketing done, to get the videos and done. And that's honestly you know, possible exposure. I mean, they may still see it, but listening to it is a completely different. Correct. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, again, that's why we tell people, even with streaming and things like that, if you like it, if you share it, if you do anything, it just helps. It like, no matter what you do, I know it's like one of those drag lines where people are like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Like, share, you know, do all that kind of stuff. But if you do it, it actually does work. And the algorithm does pick up that there's more shares, there's more likes, there's more things becoming a thing. More engagement. You're getting getting seen more. Yeah. Yeah, That's basically what it is. I want to circle back to this. Like we reconnected probably about a year ago, I'd say maybe yeah, somewhere around about there. About a year ago, and, and that was over. Just like collabing of the brand, and like we'd reached out just about doing something together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to visit you, and you brought some apparel up there. And like one thing that stuck with me is you have ins- insane work ethic. You know, <laughs> we, we I got there and like we were catching up, but like you you were zoned in. You were mixing and mastering two different projects. You were doing another job at home job, responding to I think emails or I don't yep. know if it was a call center type vibe or not. No, no, I was actually an accountant. Okay, okay. Yep. And then you were holding a conversation and catching up with me and talking about worthwhile and stuff. And I was just I remember sitting there. I was just like, man, like this guy's. <laughs> I could be doing more. I could be doing more. Like your work ethic was just un- unprecedented. And I was wondering like if that's something that you've kind of just built up over the years or have you always kind of had that 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 mindset i've always had that worth that ethic basically and i've noticed that you in the real world you have to have a multitasking thing and i think i really got a hold of that when i was on tour with these bands that were like selling out arenas and you're like oh well you gotta run the audio you gotta run lights you have to make sure that this person doesn't screw up you gotta make sure that that person's body pack doesn't come off oh that guitar went out of tune you gotta fix that so basically it became one of those things like oh, okay i gotta keep going keep going keep going keep going and then multitasking. I was able to finally quit my day job though and actually nice. go full-time music, which is great. Like production, doing yeah. all that kind of stuff, touring is back. So it makes no sense to have a day job at this point. Uh, but yeah, I mean like multitasking is just something you have to do and you have to do it well in the music world. Or you, basically there's the people that are like, oh, I just do this. But if you have this compared to this, you're gonna get hired more than then you're gonna get hired with this. It's a track record, yep, essentially. Yep, that's it, basically. Yeah, like I said, it blew my mind. I was just sitting there <laughs> like, man, like, you're doing a lot right now. And I was like, I, I need to go home and do more. Uh, so, I mean, I, I take that as inspiration for me. I mean, like, or vice versa on that. But, like, it, it inspired me, honestly, because I was just like, man, he's, he's, he's out here doing it, you know. 
Well, I appreciate it. I mean, I try. I try to be an inspiration to a lot of people, especially my students when I did teach guitar. So, yeah, I was like, hey, just make sure if you even put like 30 sec, like thirty minutes of guitar a day, you'll get better by those 30 so minutes. So gradual. Yep. What, yeah. Because a lot of people are like, oh, you had to practice an hour. I'm like, do you think that a kid is really going to practice an hour when they have other stuff they want to do, like video game or hang out with friends or go outside or do whatever, you know, sports? They're not going to do that. Like, And their parents were trying to push for things that they can get. So 30 minutes, I was like, 30 minutes a day, even 15 minutes. It's enough something. to just get you something going. Something. Yep. Is that how you kind of, in the beginning, you were just like, every day I'm just going to work towards something? No, I was really brutal on myself. I played eight hours a day. Oh, wow. I literally would not stop. And that included when I was in high school, I would then go home from school, do homework, and then practice into basically midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, and then go to sleep. And then wake up and go to school. Well, there you go. Yep. And you're like, that one hour is nothing. You're no. like, step it up. Eight it's, hours. Well, now, that, I mean, when you're on tour and stuff, like you sleep, you, you basically, you, you're you up from either eight in the morning until about, I'm going to say midnight, one o'clock in the morning. And then you might get to sleep, but you might be too, like, hyped up. Yeah. And you can't go to, to sleep. Roof, yeah. yeah. <laughs> basically. Man. Man. That's wild. Oh, yeah. yeah, But I get good sleep when I'm you know, home. Yeah, it balances out for the rest yep. of the year. Yep. You're like, I'll get a solid couple months, and then I'll be, I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, basically, that's it. And then learning how to sleep is very important on tour. Like, I studied a lot of, like, how to, like, like basically sleep. Uh, especially Are these, like, books or books, YouTube, stuff YouTube like that? YouTube stuff. Yeah, basically things to, like, if I can only get three hours of sleep, how can I actually get three hours of rejuvenating sleep? Mm. And I learned all about it, like cold what's, rooms. Yeah, let's say what's what's some of the stuff. Uh, cold room, like a definitely a, like a perfectly temperature room, a perfectly temperature blanket, which means including like Egyptian cottons, things like that are cooling, and then having like a really, I mean, when I say nice pillow, I mean nice pillow. Nice pillows are like the biggest thing. I never even thought that was a thing, and then all of a sudden I'm like. Wow, having a different pillow actually does help you pass out and go to sleep and do the right thing. Because again, like you're on the road a lot of hours, you want to make sure you do get like some sleep, but you're not gonna be able to get a full eight hours of sleep no. most of the time. You just don't. It just doesn't happen, and you don't want to wear yourself out because then you start getting sick, and then you have to fight that, and then you have to get sent home if you're too sick. So you just want to keep working as much as possible. So learning how to sleep is important. And in bunks, like in the tour buses and things like that, they're actually pretty nice uh, most of the time because they actually have air conditioning. Uh, they have, like, basically you can control everything you want. And then, like, the other thing is, is, like, don't sleep with a lot of sound on. Like, a lot of people are, like, sleep with music, do that kind of thing. You can, but sleeping with, like, regular sounds and things like that, that's better than just having music going on, that kind of thing. Because I usually have, like, either a metronome going on when I sleep, which people are like, what the heck, why? Just a solid. Just, like, I, I have that thing that I can count back and forth, and then I pass out. And then I can wake up in three hours and be pretty much rested and ready to go for the rest of the day. Nice. Yep. Nice. Do you, uh, are you a meditator at all? You ever get yeah. into meditation? Yeah, I meditate every morning before nice. I uh, go to the gym, and then after the gym, I also meditate. And then when I'm on tour, I meditate before I go, go on stage. Yep. Do you have a specific time frame that you aim for? You kind of just go into it with a, I'm just going to take this time with myself. Usually, I try to set a time frame because I know that if I do take time with myself, I can take go overboard. I usually set about 15 to 20 minutes. That way, I can just kind of get myself prepared. Because if I, I'm about to go on stage, I usually have about two, two, three hours before I go on stage. I want to have that time to basically meditate, center, get food do things like that and I don't want to eat before I get on stage because then I might get sick. <laughs> so yeah, you basically plan everything, I basically plan everything to a T before I'm about to hit the stage. Nice. And then when I'm off the stage, same thing. Like I don't do what everybody else does, I don't go party and things like that. I kind of just sit, relax, decompress, play some video games, relax, and then work on some music or something like that and then get some rest. When did you get into meditation? Oh, good lord. Been uh, a while? Yeah, it's been a long time. I got into meditation because during COVID, actually, I think I got into meditation a lot more because I was wanting to do more. Basically, I was trying to control more emotions. And during COVID, I actually had a lot of bad things happen. Grandfather died, broke up with a fiance, did all that kind of thing. Like, it just went downhill. So learning how to meditate and actually grasp a hold of what was really going on and, like, controlling yourself, like, and just controlling your mindset actually allowed me to write better music better sleep and then actually just work harder so definitely during COVID is when I learned how to meditate more was there more anything else like during that time frame obviously you just said some you know, 
bad things kind of unfolded during that. I mean, outside of meditation, was there some practices or anything like that that you helped get your, like, I guess, mental focused on that? Or Oh, yeah. I've been doing, like, kickboxing, and oh, nice. I, I've been doing that for years. Uh, kickboxing, taekwondo, jiu-jitsu, all that kind of stuff. So I've always been in, like, that kind of just mindset of controlling the body and controlling your aura, I guess you could say. Um, so I've been, man, I've been, I've probably been doing that kind of thing for about 12, 13 years, something like that. I've been doing it for a long, long time. I did it since I was in high school, basically. Oh, nice. Uh, but yeah, it's, it just teaches you. And I think it's a good thing to get an outlet, not just to learn how to fight or things like that. Because everybody's like, oh, but you know how to fight now. You know how to fight now. Yeah, but the other better thing is I know how to control myself and the control my body aspect. and discipline. Yep. Self-discipline is number one in and, music. Oh, see, I've never even really thought about it in that aspect. I mean, like I write a little bit. I'm, mm-hmm. I wouldn't consider myself like a musician or, or artist to the degree that some people are but I mean it takes an amount of reflecting and, and taking what's inside of you and, and making it an outlet into something the creativity aspect mm-hmm. do you have a creative process oh at all? yeah or do you routinely do like this is my process or does it kind of just happen over uh, time well <laughs> I would like to say there is a creative process uh, but sometimes there's not uh, if I have like a project that I'm like I'm working on or something like that Sometimes I'll sit at the computer and say, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, and nothing comes about. I will go to sleep, wake up in the middle of the night, like literally probably like one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning, and go, I have an idea. Go to the desk and then work on it. But most of the time I try to like separate things because like I have my girlfriend and my dogs and all that kind of stuff that I wanna kinda balance my stuff around. So I try not to do it too much anymore. And I try to make a creative process as much as possible, which is into my creativity, I wanna write something. But if I have a project, I will force myself to do it. Like more than I will like, oh, I want to do this. I'm gonna more force than myself. allowing it. To, yeah, just yeah. allowing it to come out. But then as soon as I force myself a bit into it, it actually works. Mm. And it, I create things and I start getting excited because I'm like, oh, wow, it actually sounds really good. Keep going, basically. Um, so sometimes it needs a push and sometimes it just hits. Like sometimes I'll be like, I wanna write, I'm going to write a song today. And all of a sudden, boom, there's a song. And like probably a day I can write a whole song nice mm-hmm. and that just lyrics or are you talking like guitar everything uh, you're like I'll get tuned in I'll make it happen guitar drums lyrics vocals uh, any sound design anything like that usually in a day oh wow mm-hmm. that's impressive oh I try <laughs> so it's been years of practice I oh mean. that yep and then just some of my inspiration just hits and you just start going and you don't feel like you're yourself anymore you just kind of go there's a there's a connection that I'm like starting to put together with there's a to the meal house here in town that music venue i don't know if you're familiar with it or not i haven't seen it yet uh it's right outside of the square a couple blocks up but it's a 500 person auditorium same people did the sound for the ryman did the sound for it uh but they host like songwriter nights there and i was i was working one of the songwriter nights a couple weeks ago and blair garner the owner uh, he was you know he'll have a couple people up there play songs asking questions and stuff and he had asked him like where i think he asked him something about his creative process and that he was like honestly i don't really just sit down and do something he's like i'll just go to sleep and when i wake up there'll be some lyrics in my head and that's essentially what you were just saying you know mm-hmm. like i was just if i sit down and try and do it it may not just pop but you're just like oh wow there's an idea let me write that what what do you think that is ah uh, because I, I feel like i experienced it myself too it's not like you sit down and you're like this is everything that i'm gonna write it comes like to you yeah exactly man i don't how do i describe that i don't even know because like the thing is i feel like it's just like something in your body it's like i can't say it's the brain i can't say it's the heart i can honestly say it's like either something your soul maybe your soul it just grabs like yeah something like your soul because music is definitely my soul like it, there's inner demons of it like like in the soul basically and your music basically pushes it through mm. and whatever dark times you feel it Okay, I'll put it this way. Uh, anytime I have like a dark thought or anything like that, a song will come out of it. Fair. And then I yeah. feel better. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but sometimes so it just happens. Transforming that negative into a positive. Not even necessarily a, a positive, but no, it just no. getting it out yep. of your... Hmm. Correct, yeah. That's sometimes how I write like the best songs I've written. Like uh, right now, with uh, the band I'm working on, uh, we wrote a song and it was just like... I was really, I was depressed about, I can't remember what it was, but I think I was really depressed about some things that were going on around in like either the music world or like family world, something like that. I don't know, just felt it. And I wrote a song about it and then lyrics started coming and then the band was just like, wow, what the heck? Like where'd that come from? This is yeah. gonna be a hit basically. Like that's what our management says. That's what everybody was like basically going after. I was like, this is gonna hit. I was like, well, 
it just came out of nowhere. It just came because of like uh, inner emotions. And that's what I would say. Like, because I did theater when I was in high school as well. I was like, it's your inner emotions. Whenever you have a, a feeling, you have inner emotions, you just go into it and then you start going. You basically write you whatever you into feel. it. Yep. That's it. And even with solos, like guitar solos, things like that. I'm not the person that's like the, I'm going to shred as fast as I can. I'm going to be like, I want to feel it. And I want to make people feel it when I play. And that requires you going internally. Correct. And, yeah. Yep, you have to. And if you don't, you're going to create basically products that you don't want. And I, again, like a lot of people are like, oh, you know, right to make money, right to make money, right to make money. Don't write to make money. No. Because if you write to make money, you're going to make nothing. You're going to make, you're basically, and if you do make money, you're going to feel terrible about yourself because you're like, wow, I'm known for one song that I wrote that sucked basically yeah. in your mind because you know you could write better. So I've done that. I know exactly what that's like writing country music, things like that. I've written songs just to write a song and I was just like, man, I hate it. <laughs> but they got. I'm sure it served a purpose during that time. Yep. Yeah. It just served a purpose. It basically got you know get you through whatever times you're going through, and then you go from there. Do you uh, find it easier when it's a sadder emotion to write, or do you are you pretty good at balancing like when you have something positive happening, you could transform that into a song, or it, basically any emotion. I would say uh, if it's, but I do recognize that if it's a sadder thing, it's probably going to be more of a rock and metal kind of sound. Don't know why it is that way, but usually the times that you you do feel sadder, you write like a either rock ballad or a metal song. Basically, um, for the happier times, I'll write like a pop punk song. Basically, just. You know, send it off to uh, a couple of my friends that play in pop-pop bands and see what they say. That's usually it. So, yeah, I don't really write much other genres than, like, pop-punk or metal or rock or things like that. I mean, I write hip-hop and then some pop beats sometimes, but most of the time it's just pop-punk and metal. Nice. Um, going towards Worthwhile, I mean, I know once we reconnected mm -hmm. and, like, wanted to do some collabs and stuff, what, what sparked you about it? Well, I love the brand. Like... Seriously, like anything that's, again, like we were talking before, worthwhile, that's a big thing to me because it's like, there's the people that, you know, like basically you don't work, you don't have to work as hard and you get somewhere and there's the people that really have to make it worth it for themselves to like, oh gosh, I have to work double shifts to get this. I have to do this to get this gear. I have to get this to get all the stuff ready for tour. I got to make sure I have a day job that allows me to go on tour basically. So that brand name, Worthwhile, and also the people I've met on tour, like just, you know, depressed kids, you know, suicide awareness, all that kind of, anything you can think of, that brand just kind of stuck out to me. I was like, yeah, that's more of what I'm about because like I'm very anti-suicide. I'm also pro-health, like help, get, get yourself help, do that kind of thing. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's why that brand stuck out to me is because it literally fits every part of my scene. If you had to give advice to someone that was like struggling with mental health or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, what would you say? Well, you're not alone, first of all. Very true. Try to get, like, literally, I don't care what anybody says, go get a therapist. A therapist will help you better than what you think. Confine in a friend. If your friend doesn't work with you, that means they're not really a good friend. Hey. Yeah. yeah. You just gotta, and, I mean, and, that's, that's straight truth that's right it, there. Yeah. Right there. And because if they can't handle in your hardest times, they're not gonna handle in your best times. Or don't deserve. They don't, don't deserve, deserve your best yeah. times, exactly. So, yeah, you just gotta find the people that really help you out with that kind of thing and seriously like don't be afraid to call somebody like especially the suicide awareness hotline like that kind of thing i've lost two friends to suicide mm. it's not a very fun experience and it hurts and all the people that love you they're gonna they're gonna hurt and it's gonna you're they're gonna feel it and they're they're gonna have sad times so cut the tides of it go get some help basically just find it out that doesn't mean go get drugged up on medication and things like that that means go find somebody that you can talk to and at least relieve some of your issues you heard it right there um, there's one thing I've been asking people uh, if you can go back to any time frame of your life any age and give yourself advice what would that be mm. and what age time frame Prob I'm going to say probably within the last year of high school Okay. because that was the time I actually almost got screwed over in a band thing uh, because I joined a band put out a lot of money did all this kind of thing and it never worked out I would have told myself hey read contracts Make sure you study like the business of the music scene because I could have already been studying it back then and been ahead way further than what I was. Uh, I'm not gonna say I change anything, but like yeah, that kind of help would have been great. And then like just not and just literally watch your money. Mm -hmm. Like that is number one. You have to, especially if you're on tour and you're a band. It's like oh yeah, you're young. They're gonna love you, all that kind of stuff. They're probably gonna take your money. That's what they are. They take advantage. Yeah. That's all. That's it. They want you because you're young you produce a good product and that's it like 
People say go get management. Uh, no, my bad. People say go get a label all the time. Don't do it. Like labels sometimes will help you, but they're also going to hurt you. They're a bank. I mean, essentially they're out for themselves. Yep. I mean, that's why they're there. I mean, yep. they're there to make a profit just as much as everybody else is. So yep. I mean, they say it's better to go to a bank and get a like a loan than to go to a label and get a loan. <laughs> never, never heard that, but I mean, it kind of makes sense. Well, their interest is uh, a lot lower than what a labels is. A labels is six years. Oh wow! Interest well, I didn't know that. the is that across the board? Yeah, one hundred percent. Most of the time, it's because if they give you money to go get any you know gear or you know things for tour or they book you stuff, all the money you make on tour sometimes goes to you, but most of the time it'll go back to paybacks. Basically, oh, we paid for your album. That money goes back to them because they paid for your album, yeah. even though you wrote the songs. Um, then the other thing is like merch. I tell people all the time, if you can if you can just supply your own merch or just get things online, do it. Because if you can get your own merch, you can make money. You can yeah. start making money. If you have to pay a little bit more money just to get people to buy your merch, oh well. But if somebody else supplies you a merch company and they start making your stuff, they're going to take about half of what you make. Oh, 100%. Yeah. No matter what. If, if not, 70%. So I've seen things that are called the 50-50 or the 360 deal. 360 deals suck. Those are the worst deals. Those but are the, what is the, how, what it consists of that? Uh, let's just say my song sells for a dollar. We all get three. Basically, the three sixty deal means oh, every time you get a dollar, you have to give them a dollar. So you make no money. Yeah. What kind? Yep. It's dumb. <laughs> it makes it makes no sense. Like basically, I would have to make then eight dollars to even be profitable at all That's, because. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's a 360 deal. It has to go around in circles. And then also the 50-50 deal is you get 50, you get 50. I don't think they should get 50 because they didn't work as hard as we did yeah, to get what we did. You're actually, well, for one, you're living the emotions and stuff that makes it to create it. Correct. And then you're actually creating it mm -hmm. and then you're playing it and it's they're just distributing. Yep. And that's so, why TikTok is blowing up so big because a lot of people don't want management. Uh, they don't want labels. Like management, totally fine. Get management. That's an important thing to have. They usually get 15% of what you make. Oh, well. They helped you get gigs they helped you get shows they helped yeah. you get to bigger places in your world a uh, label they're just gonna kind of like take your stuff when they want to well, thanks yeah thanks, thanks for being you yeah thanks yeah. for thanks for being your uh, your artist self basically and a lot of bands a lot of uh, you can see a lot of the big bands like used to have labels and things like that they're in a position where they've already made more money than what the label was giving them and they can basically pay it back and yeah. be done at that point at that like I say a day to remember because they did remember like a big band for me, as well as a lot of people know that band. They're a very, very big band. Uh, they had a lawsuit with their label because they weren't able to release a album. And I was like, they won against their label. That's a big deal. I was deal. say, that sounds like it'd be a rare thing. It, yeah, especially for over a $3 million contract. That's a, that's a yeah. very, very rare thing. Because yeah. they were like, you can't release another album this year. And they're like, well, we want to. Then they were able to release their album. They got off that label, and then they got to a bigger label that actually paid them more money to be on that label than they had to pay back. Sounds like they created a day to remember. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they did. They did. That was a good. That was a. That was a good pun. Thank you. It was I, love funny. It. I love it. Um, going back to that, like, it just sparked in my head when I was like, they're essentially taking advantage of you, like who you are, and you said like the artist version of you, and this is something I've, I feel like I've battled with just as far as like like worthwhile goes but like what do you feel as if the separation of like your artistic self and then who you who you are do you do you think there's a there's a line there yes or, okay yeah 100 percent. if uh they tell you you know you have to make a pop song you don't really want to make a pop you. song and you don't want to do that first of all yeah you'll get views but you're gonna piss off a lot of fans you really are i've seen it happen i've seen people go oh here's my here's my song and they're like this does not sound like you. I'm not gatekeeping. I say, you know, bands do whatever they want, but most of the time I know in the reality of it, you're gonna have to make money by making songs that are gonna hit. Uh, I understood this because I'm in a band that I actually do have to write like more radio hits, but I can be fun with my radio hits more than like, oh, you know, I just have to write a radio hit to write a radio hit. I can actually write things I care about and I actually wanna write and just more fun. But you have to separate it, you do, because there's a thing called fake, and you don't want to be fake. And a lot of people, I hate to say it in the music world, most of them are fake. Fair. Either industry plants are fake. 
That's that's what we say at this point because we've we've seen it. We know the diagrams basically, and we've seen what happens. And it's just like you, you either basically you get it or you don't. That's how it works. You think bringing that back to TikTok? Do you think that TikTok was a great exposure tool for that? Just giving everybody their own platform? It is, and it isn't at the same time. Uh, in my personal opinion, I think it's kind of mental that all these artists that put in lots of work into what they do don't get views, but then these people that just do stupid things get major views or like they release a song that's like 30 seconds and it hits more views than what somebody worked you know hours on and it's a solid song and it makes a good hit basically i don't know it has also shortened the attention spans of people nowadays because now you can't go through i've noticed because i sit with my friends in the car they can't listen to one song straight through ever really they Mm -hmm. have to always change it and it's always either after the first chorus or after the second verse. And you're like, why? Yeah. And you think about it like, oh, well, you only get 30 seconds a minute or you know, sometimes three minutes on TikTok. Just depends on what you're producing. And your mind kind of works as like, oh, I can swipe up. Keep yeah. swiping, keep swiping, keep swiping. You know, that's the thing. So TikTok does help and it also hinders at the same time. I've never really thought about it like that. I mean... I know just in general attention spans like going down but yep. like just looking at that comparison right there like I've never even thought about that and that's that's true <laughs> I mean it's a true I, I personally listen to majority of the songs Me all too. the way through but I can see that being a, a big thing it's wild yeah I mean some artists I've seen on there have written amazing songs that have hit off like you know Gail and I'm trying to think Olivia Rod- Rodrigo or whatever like when she released her songs and things like that but there was a plagiarism thing with that because she took a lot of riffs from Paramore and that was a huge thing because Paramore is a big band and also you have the people that were like, hey, the music theory people like I am, I'm like, wait a minute, that's the same key. And that's the same chords. That's kind of not good. Even though you changed up the first part doesn't mean you it's didn't like change up the chorus. And the chorus is the, usually the, uh, the catcher. So if you write something that sounds too much like it and it's a chorus, you're going to get fined. 100%. That's what happens. You will you will either get fined or you have to give some kind of respect. And she finally did. She was like, yeah, I have to give correlation to Paramore, basically. I have to give it to Haley and all that kind of stuff. I was like, yeah, that's what should happen. But, you know, like some people, they do a bunch of covers. They do things like that. And I've been very fortunate myself to, you know, make a living off doing covers and writing fun stuff, basically, because of the YouTube and then also the TikTok game. What's your favorite thing to work on? Oh... Covers are real fun, especially if you're making a pop song. Like right now I'm working on some 90s stuff, which is real fun. Nice. And just making them heavy or like more rock or prog. Um, I'd say my favorite thing in the world right now is actually writing some of the radio metal stuff I've been doing uh, because I've been able to experiment with like different keys and like different tones basically. And not just like it has to be overly complicated guitar-wise or drum-wise or anything like that. It's just it's speaking to a different audience and understanding, oh, why does my first catch this person's attention and why does my chorus catch this person's attention? Oh, and why does my, you know, we used to make breakdowns that were complicated and just over, just overdone. Now we can make a complicated, like we can make a breakdown that sounds complicated to us, but it's super, super simple, super simple. And it's like, hey, it gets more views and you hear things. So I've been studying that actually because I'm like, wow, there's something that they're doing. There's a, there's a, recipe you know, a formula yeah, yeah they're writing something that because i still like it i mean i've been listening to bands like bad omens and then falling on reverse and then breathing horizon and i've been like just studying because they've been on the radio they're constant mm-hmm. on the radio and you're like what do they do that's different than what i'm doing that i can try to not copy but simulate what they are doing so i can get more views or push myself or do more things that the management wants us to do so we can actually get it pushed a little bit more into the world What's one of those pinpoints, do you think, that you've uh, taken from studying that? Writing really good, catchy choruses. And we're, like I've always been really good at writing Musically chorus. and vocally or a Musically and vocally. Like, your guitar has to simulate what that vocalist is going to do. And it has to add not just a like melody to it, it has to add the rhythm. Because, I hate to say it, more people are going to care about that rhythm more than they're going to care about that lead. Sometimes they'll care about the lead, but usually it's your rhythm that's like, oh, wow, that's the driving point. That's the thing that pushes you. And then the drums. The drums have to be solid. If they don't, there's not going to be a single person that's like, da, 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 like that kind of thing. 
as soon as I hear a drum beat, uh, chorus, I'm like, that's catchy. And then the riff comes in and you're like, that's even catchier. And then you hear the vocal melody and you're like, that's it, that's the hook. So it just works as a form. It's like, oh yeah, your drums are your backbone, your guitar is gonna be your mains, and then the vocals are gonna be that thing that grabs them and throws them, uh, basically pulls the audience in and says, hey, watch us. Is that the first thing you listen to is the drums? Any, any song? Or oh yeah, 100%. Because I, I can play any instrument, play guitar, drums, bass, cello, violin, anything you can think of, but my first option is I always start with drums because drums are actually a very much base point to writing music and good songs. I do write guitar usually like to start it with, but then I will go through and I will rip guitar apart and put drums in there as, as basically as surgical as possible to match what I'm trying to make the song feel like. But yeah, drums are number one, I believe, because they're just backbone. Because like anybody can sing a regular chorus, anybody can play guitar tone. When you play the drums to it and you put those certain beats and those certain measures and there's certain, just everything in between of it, it really does create a feel, especially bass. Like, Having a bass yeah. in your chest and you, you feel that kick. When I'm playing live, I know for a fact not many people are giving like too many craps about me playing guitar. They want to hear that guitar, they want to hear those drums go dun 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 dun. And they love it in the chest. And that's literally what we have our subs and our synth and all that kind of thing. And that's another thing, sound design. Sound design is, so it's drums and sound design I think that are number one. Having a synth, writing good leads for a synth and then writing subs, and then writing bass, and just doing everything around it just to create that more subsonic frequencies for people to be like, oh wow, that hits way harder than it's supposed to, basically. Because uh, at regular rock world, they write just guitar, drums, and bass. The new radio metal genre, basically, that's been going on is, it has a sub frequencies. So it shakes the car, it has the drums, hitching the chest it has the guitars that are down tuned and just heavy and low basically causes the riffs, the drums to kind of mash together then you have the bass guitar that kind of pulls it and glues it together and the vocalist just sings around it and makes it work ties it together yep he's i'm telling you, the the vocals are like that hook that grabs because whatever you write people are going to be singing sure which is the whole term hook the hook it yep, it's called yeah. the hook yeah. yep it grabs them and pulls them in nice it's exciting, man. So you got projects coming on the way? Oh, oh yeah, a no. ton. Okay. A ton. I've got so many projects right now. So I have one that's secret that I can't really talk about Fair. because it's uh, we're under contract and things like Fair. that. But when it releases, people will know and they can't wait to show it and share it. Where will that be under um, for future? It'll be, so it'll be under a band. I can't tell about okay. the band yet okay. because of the, the, the management stuff. But we'll be releasing things that are very much a very popular thing and it's going to be kind of blown up because of what it is um and then it should be released under mr shreds later on but it just depends on what the management says but then i've got my youtube stuff with k where we'll be covering some new songs things like that i can't really talk about too many of the ones because we're trying to release things that no one are doing yet um and then i've got you don't want people getting no i don't want people people taking my stuff (laughs) no i don't want to take my ideas um and then we're doing Basically, I'm writing this new uh, pop-punk song that actually is going to be hopefully produced by Travis Barker. Oh, nice. Yeah, which is insane because I you know, wrote something that didn't know that anybody would like, and it, well, it caught on real quickly. <laughs> how, did, uh, how did he stumble into it? Um, actually, Do you it, know? TikTok. Okay. Yep, that's it. Like, literally, a TikToker uh, we were, I was working with, I sent over a sound clip of what I was working on, and they were like, yeah, this is what I want, and he sent it over to them, and... That was it. <laughs> wow. See the power of TikTok being a double-edged sword. Yep. I mean, it's gonna... it, it, it is a double-edged sword. It's like one of those things that's like, wow, you put a lot of work into it, get no views. And then you're like, that could be stupid and post things and just get views and just do your thing. And it's like, oh, well, some songs actually hit. People actually, the big people do hear it. And they're like, wow, this is awesome. I think it's a great platform for creators. I think it's better than Instagram and Facebook. Definitely. Um, because it allows people to actually create more projects. And also, just work together with a huge fan base, basically. And uh, my favorite thing is actually that the fact that metal TikTok and pop TikTok, like punk pop punk TikTok, are blowing up more than regular pop music now on TikTok, which is hilarious. And people are covering pop songs, making them metal, and they're blowing up more than the uh, pop song did. Why do you think that is? I think people want different. I think a lot of people are getting sick and tired of the old you know 
four four beats writing the same pop music the old the formula same, the old formula and then like when somebody covers it and makes it heavy you're like whoa even the pop people are like that's cool that's different that's a different thing like i've been watching uh people react to some covers on uh was it youtube and this basic white girl basically i would say that's what her name is on youtube and she's like you're like i'm not calling you out that's your no, name that's her name that's her name that's her name uh she reviews all these bands that are like super metal and she's like i kind of like these and i was like it, i guess it's because the formula is changing and we're changing a platform of hey you know the metal vocalist can actually sing and they can sing usually pretty well, honestly. Some of them are insanely trained to do what they do. Um, especially my vocalist, like he's insanely good. He's he's got perfect pitch. Like basically, he's he's good. He knows what he's done. And knowing somebody like myself, I have perfect pitch as well. I'm like, man, some of these vocalists that are coming out, they're insane, and they're doing things that I've never thought that metal would have been able to do. And now we're doing it. You think metal's the new emerging genre? I think sense? it's coming really? back. Coming back? Yes. Okay, yeah, that's a better way to put it. Yeah. 100%. I think it is because I hear it more on radio now than I've heard it on anything like uh, Octane or anything like that. Octane is like just a streaming metal service, basically, on the radio. Uh, but like 102.9 The Buzz is playing these bands that I'm like, wow, I found this band years ago, and now they're on here. And you're like, what the heck? And I think it's just because people either have gotten bored or the, you know... The emo phases that are coming back or something i don't know i mean everything is repeating i feel yep. like retro is coming back like yeah it's it, just like that music, it is yeah. yep the 80s are coming back in the metal the music scene because people want to put synth and they want to put like you know german pop music basically in it and like there's a band called uh electric cowboy they're insanely marketable because i sit there and i listen to their stuff i'm like wow it sounds like german house music with metal riffs hmm and you're like, I have to check that this out. This is catchy. And you're just like, you find yourself going. They have songs. They their choruses are awesome. But then they have taglines. Like you're like, whoa, that that's gonna keep in my head basically. And you can't get it out of your head. It's one of those you wake up the next day and yep. you're like, it's you're just singing gonna it. be in my head all yep. day. You're just yep. like singing it, singing it, singing. I remember they had a song called Hypa Hypa. It was trending on YouTube by them. By them. Okay. Yeah, it was trending, fully trending. And everyone's like, a metal band is training on uh, YouTube. This isn't. This is insane. What the heck? Like, that's crazy. Um, and then like, you're like, as soon as you listen to it, you're like, oh no, it's stuck, and you, you can't get it out of your head because it just done. keeps going you're on done. and on. And then the music video, watch the ridiculous music videos that you do when they dress up like the '80s. Like literally, I'm talking like they have. What's that called? The mullets, like the, all oh, that yeah, kind of the stuff. Yeah, the, 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 the mullet the perm, wings, getting the, perm. the perms. When are you gonna get your perm, bro? <laughs> Man, I'm still on that shaved sides and uh, okay. colored hair, basically. Yeah, you can do the point. perm in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> That's the mohawk. Yeah. I know some people are working the mohawk again, like the Liberty Spikes. But uh, yeah, dude, I mean, it's crazy how much stuff is actually coming back. I'm like, man, they're wearing jumpsuits now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the stage attire. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the heck? We used to wear, they, people, my mom was talking about it. She's like, we used to wear that in the 80s. And I'm like, wow, we're coming back to it's this. It's funny because I've heard my parents say the same thing. Like, oh, we used to do that when we were oh, your age. And I'm like, that just means it's coming back. I think history repeats itself. In multiple, in multiple ways, even in the music genre. And I think metal's on the comeback because of that reason, because people are like, you know, it makes sense to have something different and not to have the same old formula, basically. You know, 4-4, four, four, same beats, same measures, same hip-hop style, things like that. Let's change it up. Let's make it fun. That's what the whole genre for me is. It's like, And my favorite thing is hearing people say, I really like the way you did that pop cover because I'm like, yeah, I thought outside the box. And some of my pop covers are not just like super heavy. A lot of them are like, wow, there's orchestra in the background. There's synth. There's sound waves. There's just ambience. There's sound design. There's all kinds of things. Because I grew up in the world of like the video game world too. And having sound design is number one in a video game. It, you can swing your sword all you want in Skyrim. But if that music and that sound design didn't hit, it wouldn't sound that cool. I can give you a perfect example for that. Halo. Oh, dude, I've been playing nonstop. Okay, I did not know that I was going to be maxing out my uh, Halo character again until Infinite came out. <laughs> I've been playing Halo you constantly. You do? Uh, so I got, I just played the online for for Infinite. I never got into the campaign yet. I, I fully wanted to do like a run through with like Benji and a couple other people yep. and do a run through, but it just hasn't happened yet. But I know when, it, when, I, when I start, 
I'm going to be locked in. Yep. Because, I mean, back then, back in the day, Halo, I was all in. So That's all I was, mean, yeah. yeah. We played Halo. And Might the, be one of the best games in existence. Storyline. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. And now we have a TV show. Uh, have you seen any of it yet? It's amazing. Don't tell me anything. I can't. I'll, I'm not going to okay. spoil No spoilers, <laughs> I promise. Uh, I can say that they did really well, and the person that paid for all the stuff that happened was a huge fan. Okay. Okay. So that's, nice. That's that, all that's, that matters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I can do. I do got to say though, it's not canonically correct. Okay. So it's not going to follow stories. It's not going to follow anything like that. But the way they do do everything, it's its own. It's its own, and okay. it's phenomenal, and it's a good way to capture people that are like, I've never played Halo, and then it's like the people that are like. We're original Halo fans. Yeah. We know what this stuff is, and there's Easter eggs and all kinds of stuff oh, in it. Nice. So it'll it'll make all of us happy. Yeah, I think it's awesome. How do you think the perspective is from someone that's like seeing the show, but it's like younger than us that's never played Halo before? Man, that's got to be a wild perspective. Like, what is this game? And then yeah. I mean, you probably heard about it before, but to see it and never play it before, you're probably like, I gotta play this. Now. Oh, exactly. It's I <laughs> yeah. think it's the people that are like, we know Master Chief. And like I think that's the marketing. It's like, oh wow, we know the green helmet. You see that green helmet, you're like, Halo. Yeah. That's Halo. You know that's Master Chief or the Energy Sword. And you're like, wow. See, but seeing the new generation, who have you know started with Fortnite and they did uh, what the heck is that? Apex Legends and all that kind of stuff. Just the Player Royale kind of style games. And just they're like, what is that? Like Halo? And we're like, all those people that are like, they're like. We started with this. We're like, yes, this is what we want. This is exactly how it's been for us, and this is what we want to play. Um, it's different because you're like, wow, these kids are a lot better than us because <laughs> they 100%. have a little bit more time. Yeah, yeah. And having PC available, that changes it. Yeah, a different world because like, once you have a keyboard and a mouse, kind of makes it like more of a you click and play basically because you can just click anywhere and you can do whatever. With us, we had controllers. That's what we did. We were limited. Yeah, we didn't have really insanely good PCs until starting, like, I think, 2018, something like 2017, something like that. That's when we started getting, like, high-powered PCs. Yeah. Um, same thing with the music world. Like, again, with audio production, you have to have a computer that can run all that stuff because their stuff is getting massive. Mm. It is getting bigger and bigger every single day, and especially any of the voicings of orchestras, synth, anything – you gotta have stuff to run it. You have to, and that's the same thing with gaming. Um, which it's funny because music and video games kind of work together. <laughs> I mean, essentially, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Doom was one of my favorite games that came out because I love, you know, just fast shooter games sometimes. And Doom, the music, I'm a huge fan of Doom's music in general. But like when Mick Gordon was designing all that stuff to it, I really studied it because I was like. There's something about this. It's not just the game. No, yeah. it's just something about every single time you kill a demon that makes you feel insanely powerful and it makes it just hit harder. And you're like, the music is it. The music is it. Because you're like, wow, when that fast guitar part comes in or that demonic scream or whatever would kick, you, you sit there and you're like, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense why this game is so fast paced because the music's going real fast and you're shooting people and you're going around like crazy and just doing what you're doing. It's the music that makes that game even more solid, basically. Nice. Um, I watched Mick Gordon, and I also took lessons with Mick Gordon. Like, I was actually, I paid for some lessons to really understand his sound design so I could go in and start sound designing better for my game, my, my stuff I do, like my projects, as well as movie stuff and just music in general. But yeah, man, it's funny seeing all the people, the kids, like, oh, wow, what's Halo? Or what's this? Or what's that? Or I don't know what this is. Or, you know, and you're seeing them, like, kind of grow with it. Some of them are just like, I really play Fortnite. And I'm just like, wow, that's... Like, that's on you. That's <laughs> on you. That's, and then the Lego games. Man, Lego. Lego's come back in a heartbeat. It never really left, if you think no, about it. No, it never I mean, did. Outside the game, just like that, it's just a... A child's toy. Yep. I mean, exactly. Uh, with Lego Dimensions, where you could build your own stuff and put it in the game. But then no, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, we have. Well, it's like half my uh, roommates are nerds, so we all kind of work and build things and do things together. Um, but it's funny because we just got the new Lego Star Wars game. It is absolutely phenomenal. It's an open world Star Wars Lego game, and mm -hmm. you're like, what the heck? EA of all things couldn't make that for us, but they could, and it just goes to show you. Sometimes it doesn't matter of the criteria. Even the graphics in Lego games have improved immensely. Like Unreal Engine 5, all that kind of things. That, that's a crazy program. I actually downloaded the, the program just because <laughs> I was looking into 
getting apparel stuff like I, I my mind switched to like the whole vr world for a little bit like the nfts and stuff like Ooh, that were taking boy. off but i was like i need to somewhat put my attention on you know the virtual world that's happening and like i actually looked into unreal engine 5 and like they're making an open world platform that like it's they have classes on the online that you download it for free and they have classes on how to make stuff how to build things how to program it and like it's there's thousands of classes on there but eventually i think they, that's just going to be the way it's all going to just slowly change to because and, of vr yeah yep because i have i would say oculus i have i have an oculus and i've, I've played many games on it and it's crazy and seeing the graphics that we've got now in it, yeah. or, or the hand tracking that the new Oculus does that you can basically play without a controller. You use your hands, and you're like... That's crazy. That's weird. It's cr- yeah, it's crazy. Also, if you get motion sick, though, you're going to get messed up, yeah. though, because that, 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 cause when you're not moving... <laughs> and like my, I have a, my fiance, she gets extreme motion sick sometimes. When she was putting it on, she was kind of spinning around like this and doing all kinds of things. She's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Too much because you you're moving in the game, but your body's not moving, so you feel like basically feels like you're on a, a boat. Yeah, and I don't know if you played yeah, a VR yeah, yeah. a couple times. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's a different experience because you're like, whoa, I'm not moving, but I'm moving in the game. That's weird. It messes with your brain. So then you have to learn how to tell your brain, I'm not moving. Yeah, I'm like I'm playing the game. We're fine. We're fine. We're you're not moving. Um, but yeah, dude, the, the Unreal Engine I've seen it a lot now because especially with the one band I'm in. We use it a lot for making our music videos because okay. we're CGI and we're doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's a big project, what I'm doing behind the scenes, uh, but it's crazy. And just seeing the world come together in it, oh my gosh. It's unreal. It's, it's, ah, I got a lot of fun. You did, another, you did another one. I got you again. Yes. So. Oh man, I, it is. It really is unreal because it's like, you can't tell what's fake and what's real anymore. You can't. Like, I've seen it. No. Like, I've played many guitars and like some... Uh, we were on Unreal Engine, and somebody put one in front of me, and I thought I thought it was just a photo, like a photo. And he goes, "No, that's Unreal Engine." I was like, "What mm. the heck?" Because I literally I can spec a guitar out. I'm like, "Oh yeah, I know exactly what that looks like." Well, now these guitar companies that I usually go through to get built ones, they have an Unreal Engine builder, which is see that that's what I meant with like it's it's slowly yep it's all everything slowly going to be built in that. Oh, it's crazy. Hey everyone, uh, unfortunately we had some technical difficulties with this podcast and we lost the last 10 minutes, um, unfortunately, but fortunately we kind of just started talking about video games and things like that, which are still great, but we got the core concept out. And I still wanted to put his information in. If you want to find him anywhere on social media, it's Mr. Shreds, Shreds with a Z at the end, and we're also going to post his link tree information and in all the bios, so never forget you're worth it and thank you for watching. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Worthwhile Spotlight. Our goal is to motivate people to become the best version of themselves possible through the power of storytelling. Our stories are written by the things that we experienced growing up, and these experiences, negative and positive, shape who we are and what we stand for. The beautiful thing about your story is that you get to decide how it's told. So as a diamond in the rough of life, hang tight and let your light shine bright.